0: Five critical media trends for 2016. And nobody, and I mean nobody, Tom, wants your app. This is episode 32 of Media Unplugged, the podcast that goes behind the spin to reveal what's really happening in media.
1: Media Unplugged with Tom A. Sacker and Mark Ramsey.
0: Welcome to Media Unplugged. I'm Mark Ramsey. And I'm Tom Asacker. Tom, five critical media trends for 2016. This is from trendwatching.com, and you've seen Trendwatching before, right? This is one of those sites that you check out every now and then, I assume? Yes, I do. Yes, it's very quirky, but its they've always got some interesting insights wrapped up in their uh, tongue twister... Uh, <laughs> terminology and they got some great tongue twister terminology here (laughs) i almost couldn't get it out myself i know so here are the five trends i want to go through these quickly i want to get a sense of what you think about these here's the first one status seekers in 2016 consumers will embrace a new twist on a traditional form of cachet exclusivity that means status tests that force them to actively prove their worth to the brands they want to buy from tom what are they talking about here
1: yeah I read it, and, and it was kind of strange because they called it the number one motivator in affluent consumer societies is status. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, let's, let's see if I can square this with reality. Is status what really drives most people in today's marketplace? Mm-hmm. Is status the primary drive responsible for the most valuable brands in the world? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start with Apple. Apple's premium price, but owning an iPhone doesn't convey status anymore. True, uh, Everyone has an iPhone. Anyone can get an iPhone. So then I start thinking, okay, so where's the status conveyed by using or owning the other top brands like Google? I can't figure that one out. Microsoft, I'm not there on that one. IBM, I still don't know where the status is. Toyota, nope. GE, nope. Amazon, nope. So, yeah, people's identity, their sense of self drives their choices. But I wouldn't call it status. And exclusivity, yes, is what drives brand value. It Mm -hmm. always has. It always will but status tests to prove our worthiness to brands. <laughs> so, so here's my question. How come you and I didn't have to prove our worthiness to trend watching in order to read this article? If, if this is the number one te- you know, trend, we should have had to prove ourselves to them.
0: <laughs> well, don't give them any ideas, but I hear your point. Here's, uh, here's trend two, contextual omnipresence. I like this one. I mean, you said this was one of the two that was a little too obvious for you, which is why I understand it so well. (laughs) Uh, Here's what it says. Forget omni-channel. Get ready for new channels and new contexts. Smart brands will focus on answering a more meaningful equation. Innovative channels plus nuanced context equals right place plus right time. All that gobbledygook (laughs) essentially (laughs) means that, uh, as they used in one of the examples, taking pizza orders in novel, ultra-convenient ways— The more ultra convenient ways you have across context for people to do something they desire to do, the better off you'll be as a brand. That's essentially what this says, right?
1: That's what I said. It's so obvious to me. So challenge whether your existing channels, now this is saying media, but obviously it's distribution too, really satisfy what people want. Are we engaging people when they want something, where they are, how
0: they want it? I mean, everyone should be doing that, right? All the time. Well, it's the scope of those desires that they're talking about these brands satisfying. That's what makes this a special uh, trend for the new year for the brands that are smarter. The example with Domino's is that uh, they're what's called their Pizza Anywhere, any W-A-R-E initiative where they expand the variety of ways that Pizza lovers can place their orders. You can use a Siri-like app. You can tweet or text the pizza emoji. You can, while you're driving home in a in a compatible Ford. After ordering, you can track the pizza's arrival via the Domino's Smartwatch app. Um, the way I read this is, once you have an audience, give them the things that they want, even if they're not the things you would expect them to get from you per se. Even if that requires you partnering with others. Because ultimately, it's gonna create stories, stories that people tell others about your brand, and it's gonna spread the loyalty for your brand. In other words, it's kind of asking, now that you have your audience, what else can we do that this audience desires? That's it,
1: yeah, how can we make it easier? How can we make it more fun? How how can we make it spreadable? It's it's, like I said, and you said it at the beginning, that seems like a no-brainer to me.
0: It is, That's just and weird. it's a That's trend all at the same time. Hey, being, <laughs> no. being smart is a trend, Tom. Okay, good. Better business, trend three, turn inwards and start by ensuring your internal culture is something to flaunt rather than hide. Who's hiding their culture, Tom?
1: Everybody, now listen. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, on principle, I agree with this. We should all ensure that our internal culture is something to flaunt because it's the right thing to do because it will help us attract and retain the best talent Mm -hmm. because it makes for good PR. But do I think this is a big time consumer trend, a a, a killer opportunity as they call it to grow your brand in 2016? No, Mm -hmm. I do not. Most consumers have no idea and couldn't care less about what's going on behind the curtain Mm -hmm. at all these places. They do business. They just don't, they just don't have the time and they don't really care that much when something blows up. And they find out
0: about it. <laughs> yeah, then they can. Well, that's a whole, that's crisis management. That's a whole different category. Exactly. Number four, beneficial intelligence. AI is about to, is it destroy the world or make life amazing? You tell <laughs> me. In 2016, rising numbers of consumers will demand that brands use increasingly powerful and accessible artificial intelligence technologies to put truly smart products and services into their pockets, homes, inboxes, and more. Uh.
1: Listen, this is another one that's, uh, that's hard to argue with because they make the statement, stop viewing the world through the lens of technology and start viewing technology through the lens of basic human needs and wants. Now, Hal, you can apply that to everything. I can say stop viewing the world through the lens of content. Mm -hmm. and start viewing it through the lens of basic human needs Mm -hmm. and wants. Stop looking at it through a lens of advertising and start looking at it the other way. Whatever lens you have up to your eye, flip it around and look at the world through your audience's eyes. Mm -hmm. Yes, save me time, save me money, make me a better person, make everything easier. If you can use technology to do that, great,
0: but you're using it to do something To help people. Well, that's not so much about technology. That's about you, right? You, the person behind the curtain of the brand, making decisions about how the brand conducts business and how the brand satisfies consumers, right?
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It needs to be a a totally outside-in view of why you would adopt any technology. AI, it doesn't matter what it is. Can you improve people's
0: lives, and is it something that they will that they want? Well, we're going to come back to that one, too, on our second topic. I can see the connection already. Here's trend five of five. Perspective shifts. I've got to say that carefully. <laughs> Playfully reposition your product or service in order to offer perspective shifts that shock customers into a radically new appreciation of the value you're offering. The description alone, Tom, sounds so much more dramatic than what the description is designed to say. <laughs> But essentially what they're saying is, look, you know, there's new funding mechanisms, new business models, digital innovations, new perceptions of value that have rendered pricing more fluid than ever. The the result, consumers will be more open than ever to innovations that play with and attempt to disrupt their thinking around value as long as you make it fun. And the example they use is the Londoner who created the crowdfunding mechanism to save the Greek economy and ended up raising... I guess 2 million euros or something like that. They actually needed 1.6 billion euros, so he, so he fell a little short. <laughs> he didn't really save it then. But the but the uh, the other example was interesting. In April, a French budget airline fra- reframed the value of their low-cost flights via a campaign that compared their ticket prices to casual spending decisions, so they created branded packets of chips, candy, and cereal bars that doubled as tickets for flights and the products were sold in stores in vending machines for 30 or 40 euros so you buy the product and you can use the code printed on the back to secure a flight so the, the 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 idea is that again you know think of your offer differently based on all the tools you have to disseminate value for that offer and to to shift people's perception of value i know you always are talking about perception <laughs> of value so how did this strike you
1: uh, uh, it's, it's it strike me as nothing really i mean you can reframe val reframing value is nothing new we've been doing it forever uh, yeah now we have some new online tools and technologies that can help but it's not really a trend i mean it, it it's a reality mm-hmm. it, you know and, and especially in a fast-moving marketplace and and i like that airline thing i mean Somebody should work with the movie theaters out here in the states because the popcorn and candy that you buy there, you could get an international flight. You know, for the amount of money.
0: <laughs> you know, I think that the 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 last line of that is the important part, which is just make it fun. The idea that it's not fun to spend your money on certain things. Um, technology really does affect that you know one of my favorite charity platforms right now is omaze O-M-A-Z-E.com. and -hmm. it's because they take you know these fantastic um, uh, uh, fantasy once-in-a-lifetime prizes like right now you can go hang out with the cast of Star Wars And they, uh, in order to participate in it, you spend money, and that money goes to charity. So they tie in charities, they tie in basically a Kickstarter-type platform, and they tie in these fantastic fantasy prizes, and you get to earn rewards along the way. So it's not a a one-in-a-million-type contest. So that's actually fun, and you walk away with something for the experience. So it's an experience that's fun. You walk away with something, and all this money is generated for charity Uh, and, of course, Star Wars is promoted, not that it needs it. So the idea that this stuff isn't more fun, I think, is a real opportunity.
1: Oh, absolutely. Listen, there are so many opportunities to partner with, with other organizations, other brands, and to give people something that looks like it's more... Because va- that's what reframing value is yes. about. If you broke it all down, it would all cost the same. But when you add it all up, the sum of the parts look greater. than than the individual components. There's so much opportunity to do that today. I don't know why more brands aren't doing
0: it. Good point. You're listening to Media Unplugged with Tom Asacker and Mark Ramsey. Tom, nobody wants your app. That's
1: why I killed it. (laughs) Yep.
0: This is from Ryan Sheffer, published in Medium.com, and this is great. Ryan launched an app called Moment, an awful name. (laughs) <laughs> on, uh, in March of 2015, and he writes about his awful, awful experience with this launch. It quickly became evident, he writes, that our initial users were leaving and signing on. New users, users was becoming progressively harder. He had these window shopping early adopters. The initial users, he said, were obviously fanatic tech people who were really downloading the app, not because they wanted to use the app, but because they wanted to see how the user experience worked. In other words, a small circle of technologists whose desire was to look under the hood, not to satisfy the desire that the app was built to satisfy. So that was confusing. And then, you know, they were getting all these views of the content it was generating, but they weren't getting any downloads. One download for every 1,000 web views. So (laughs) he concludes, well, our funnel is broken, so let's fix our funnel. Our call to action isn't good enough, so let's fix that. Uh, We need a simpler way to find the download button. Let's make that button bigger, so he fixes that. (laughs) Still, nothing's working. Why won't anybody download this? Half the people who go to the App Store, they they download it, but only one... Two out of every 1,000 even click on it. People Mm -hmm. won't pay attention to our app. He's so incredibly frustrated. So here's what he did, Tom. He said, You know what? Maybe we should talk to real people. (laughs) Now that we've got this app on the market and it's flailing, if not failing, maybe we should actually talk to human beings. So we hired a, by the way, that may be, I think that's called backwards. It is a little backwards backwards. backwards. So we hired a part-time marketer who ran a small street team to ask regular people questions about apps. The overall result, no one wanted an app. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> a consumer doesn't know what they should have, what doesn't matter, what does matter. They just want everything to be simpler. This was his insight, Tom, after talking <laughs> to real people. People want to text message photos or post them to Instagram. They don't need a new solution. And the only thing they need less than a new solution was a new social media app solution, which is what this product was. So we knew he had to make a change. So here's <laughs> his conclusion. After doing this you know, extensive research that you could probably do in two seconds for absolutely free on the street with regular people. Before you do your app, I might add. The success of the company will not be based around app downloads. People simply don't want new apps. They want new and compelling services from brands that are attractive enough to be shared with their friends. I would simplify that even further, and I would say that, (laughs) look, if they want something new, they want something new and attractive, period, and they want something that satisfies either a need or a desire, period. And the app itself, and this gets to your point about you know, technology in front of consumers rather than consumer need in front of technology that you made previously, right? right? An app's just a distribution point. An app is pure technology, right? That's it's it. not an end in itself. <laughs> oh, I know,
1: but they don't see when you when you're so far into it, you you see the world as apps. I mean, I like I like the Twitter feed he put up he, the feed where it says uh, somebody posted, "Have we reached peak app?" Yes, and somebody responded, "Hardly." We're simply experiencing a discovery bottleneck. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to go into a meeting with your boss because you've got no sales? No, nah, everything's fine. We just have a discovery bottleneck. We have bottleneck. a discovery
0: bottleneck, yeah. They
1: would kill you. <laughs> Welcome to the marketplace of abundance. That's right. One, in
0: fact, right? that's the trend for next year that was left off of that other piece, discovery bottleneck. Well, look, in, in this kind of marketplace where there's
1: just so much of everything, highly differentiated, valuable products that tap into a real desire those are the ones that are going to thrive Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. products and services brands that will thrive everyone else is going to wonder what the like this guy what the hell is going on Mm -hmm. with you know you fill in the blank our marketing our website our pr the buttons and and that those businesses are going to flourish because they're going to sit there confused sure. and say, well, bring in some marketing experts, bring yes. in a website design team, bring in some PR people. No. Go out in the street and find
0: out whether people want what you have or not. <laughs> yeah, isn't it interesting that the last step in his process was talking to real people about what they really want rather than the first step in his process? Isn't that well, that's that's that hard. to me is this is the is really the theme of the story here and really the failure that he's describing. By the way, in that image you described, the one that's titled Have We Reached Peak App, and the, you said the guy says Harley, we're experiencing a discovery bottleneck. I like the the tweet right below that one that says, No way, still early. Smartphones aren't going anywhere. However, I do feel overwhelmed by the sheer number of (laughs) apps. That's a conflicted
1: app developer.
0: (laughs) It's time for rants and raves, Tom. What do you have this week?
1: Oh, I've got to go first. All right, I'll go first. (laughs) So I know that this rave is $1. Of many Adele has received of late, but I have to extend a high five from the team here, the team, that's me and you, right? Yeah. At Media Unplugged. <laughs> this her comeback album, 25, which was released what, less than two weeks ago? Right. Is already the biggest selling album of 2015, surpassing Taylor Swift's 1989, which sold 1. 1.8 million copies. Mm. So this is a new record for first-week album sales at over 3.3 million copies. All this from a woman who barely uses social media. (laughs) This is an artist. Think about this. This is an artist who played the South by Southwest Music Festival in 2007, and only a handful of people showed up to see her. Hmm. All right. So this is kind of an amazing thing. And it's also a high-five for everyone else out there who is patient enough to wait for others to take notice of them and their work, the people who are holed up in their studio or their office that are working thoughtfully and diligently to create something meaningful and moving, whether it's a a piece of music, a film, a piece Mm -hmm. of art, writing, a breakthrough brand. It doesn't matter what it is. In today's ADD age of this BuzzFeed-style clickbait, more cheaper, faster, emptier, we need these types of artists you know, because that's what they are, creators, mm-hmm. more than we mm-hmm. ever have. And I want to tell you one other thing that's kind of puzzling, and you're going to like this. I'm going to show you a little demo. I read that Adele and her label made the decision not to stream 25 anywhere online so that they would right. encourage people to buy the, the songs outright or the album. But, but listen to this, Mark. Watch this. You'll like this. Alexa, play <laughs> Adele's Hello from Prime Music.
0: The song Hello, right?
1: Right. <laughs> Hello, by Adele from
0: Prime Music. Well, there you go. So, wait a minute, Tom. You mean I thought it wasn't streaming? Why is it on Prime <laughs> Music? I don't know. But I just <laughs> talked to—I talked to Alexa just a little while ago. I said, I wonder if this is on Prime
1: Music. And I said, Hey, Alexa, and she just went and grabbed it. <laughs> And I think you can listen to Media Unplugged on this machine too. I know you can, but we better <laughs> not do go. that. It'll be a conflicting
0: episode. <laughs> All
1: right, let me stop her. She'll just All keep right. going. She's crazy like that.
0: Hey Alexa. Please pause. <laughs> Isn't that nice? She's obedient. I like that. I like that too. So I'm <laughs> glad you have that theme with your with your rave because I'm gonna I have that same theme for one of my raves because yes, Tom. For perhaps the first time ever, and maybe it's the holiday season getting to me, I have two raves and no rants.
1: <laughs> Whoa, that's a real know. new
0: one. I The headline should go out right now. It should go in that Consumer Trends Report. It should indeed. <laughs> two raves, <laughs> no rants. So it's 1965, and a guy named Lee Mendelson, an executive producer in television, he gets a visit from an ad executive from McCann Erickson, their, their agency— Coca-Cola just commissioned this TV special, this animated special. And they're looking at rough pencil drawings and tests with no music. And the guy said, this isn't very good. I, I don't know what I'm going to tell the agency. If I tell them what I think, they're going to cancel the show. And Mendelssohn says, well, look, 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 just, this is all very rudimentary. If you believe in Charles Schultz and his characters, you're oh. just going to have to trust us that this is going to be great. <laughs> because obviously, Charles Schultz was working on this Christmas special for Charlie Brown, which he did with Mendelssohn and a couple other guys in his in his home. In two hours' time, they pretty much mapped this whole thing out. Linus's recitation of the birth of Jesus from the Gospel of Luke, that was Charles Schultz's idea. He said, if we're going to do a Christmas special, we really, really got to do it the right way and talk about what Christmas is all about. And Mendelssohn says... Bill and I look at each other and I said, there's never been any animation that I know of from the Bible. It's kind of risky. And Schultz said, well, if we don't do it, who will? <laughs> so the uh, we're inching towards the December premiere. And uh, everybody's beginning to lose faith at this point that uh, this show is going to be uh, even good enough to air. We thought that it was maybe just too slow, and we had failed poor Charlie Brown, Mendelssohn says. I remember one of the animators, Ed Levitt, he stood up in the back and he said, you guys are crazy, this is going to run a hundred years. And of course, we thought he was crazy. CBS, meanwhile, was also getting cold feet, not because of the religious theme of the special, because they couldn't get their heads around the fact that this was a Christmas special that featured jazz music. <laughs> And the voice actors being kids, they they just they just they said, look, you made a nice try. We'll put it on the air, obviously. But it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work at all. (laughs) So that, of course, is a Charlie Brown Christmas 50 years ago this week, aired just this Monday on NBC uh, or I'm sorry, ABC, where uh, seven million people watched the show making it second in its time slot after The Voice. This is a show that's available, as you know, not only have people seen it 50 years running, but it's available on every platform known to man, and it's been seen by every person under the sun, and yet number two in its time slot. So to your point, Tom, about perseverance, about artists, about uh, creating their stuff, about giving it time, about... You know, uh, doing what makes you feel uncomfortable doing what makes you feel uncomfortable there wasn't an aspect of this which didn't make the network uncomfortable and the producers and Coca-Cola and McCann Erickson and look 50 years later it's a classic and oh by the way it's a reminder that that classic we have Coca-Cola to thank for it there you go <laughs> <laughs> here's my second uh, rave so November 16 New York City 5th Avenue Um, the setting is the Microsoft store. And every employee in the Microsoft store grabs a candle, and they empty out of the store, and they walk down the street. They're walking down Fifth Avenue, and they line up in front of the Apple store. Now, this is an intense and notorious rivalry, right? The rivalry between Apple and Microsoft, which has had moments of extraordinary bitterness. (laughs) But this was a moment where all these Microsoft employees, with their candles in hand, they start in unison singing, let there be peace on earth, (laughs) and let it begin with me. I love it. Outside the Apple store. Well, you know, coincidentally, there was a video crew there. They capture the whole thing on video. Uh, The Apple employees come out, and they're incredibly touched. It's just an immensely heartwarming thing. It is so much fun to watch. (laughs) Now, I don't need to tell you that, of course... Not a moment of this was organic. Um, not a moment in fact, in adweek, they list the fifty or sixty or seventy people associated with making this happen, everyone from agency people to brand people to uh videographers to um to <laughs> choir directors and choir singers that 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 made this magic happen. But I gotta tell you, it is in the great tradition of classic advertising hokum that makes you feel oh so warm inside this or any other holiday season and it really does capture the zeitgeist of the moment especially with everything that's going on in the world because if apple and ibm can get along then maybe tom there's hope for the rest of us
1: yes yes and you know what life's a big show anyway so just put on the best show you can while you're here
0: that's it that's it and as tiny tim says god bless us everyone (laughs) That's Media Unplugged for this week. Please remember to subscribe to us at iTunes or on Stitcher. And while you're there, please rate the show. Please rate the show. It helps other folks discover us. You can also catch us at SoundCloud, Podcast One, Radio Inc., Media Village, Net News Check, and the American Marketing Association. How'd that happen, Tom?
1: I don't know, but that's uh, Merry Christmas to us. (laughs)
0: You can, you can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Asacker and Mark at Mark Ramsey Media. Hey, send us your questions and comments using hashtag MediaUnplug. We're looking for it. If there's a media topic you want us to cover, tweet us. You can read the show notes and share the show at our website, MediaUnplug.net. You can get, you know, uh, links to the videos we talked about as well there. Special thanks to the producer of Media Unplug, Jeff Schmidt. Exciting audio for media. You can find him at jeff-schmidt.com. For Tom Asacker, I'm Mark Ramsey. Thank you for listening.